Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And it's Wednesday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And may the 4th be with you. That is right. Today is our special May the 4th be with you episode. Not only that, it's also Jared's birthday. So big, huge shout out and happy birthday to Jared. Uh, Unfortunately, Jared and Jessica aren't here because, of course, they're celebrating Jared's birthday. So we've got Aaron jumping in uh, to help me out with this interview uh, we have tonight. It's with Alan Barr of Gallant Night Games. Uh, talking about Tiny Frontiers, which is a new Kickstarter out there right now. There's 12 days left on this Kickstarter. It's already funded. And uh, let's talk to Alan. So let's go there now. We've got Alan Barr uh, from Gallant Knight Games. Uh, We're going to talk about Tiny Frontiers, which is a Kickstarter that's out there right now. Uh, There's... Just under two weeks left on this, and it's already uh, it's already fulfilled its pledge total. Um, and at this point, it's like a little over seven thousand dollars, which is awesome. You got over two hundred thirty-six backers, uh, which is great. Now, can you kind of explain what Tiny Frontiers is? Yeah, so Tiny Frontiers is a science fiction role-playing game. Um, and it's designed to be really small and rules light. So it doesn't take a lot to play. There's not a lot of complicated rules or, you know, looking through the book. It's pretty straightforward. Okay. And it looks like it just runs off of, like, D6s. Yep, there's three of them per player at wow. the most. That's sweet. I love that. That That's really streamlined and simple. So, uh, I mean... I know you've been working on this for a while, and you've worked on other game systems. So, what is, makes this one different from other game role-playing games out there? You know, um, it's actually really similar to Tiny Dungeon, the precursor. Okay. Um, but it's—I uh, mean, it's really just—I man, that's hard to say. What makes it different? Um, in the end, it's a role-playing game, so it's yeah. like any other role-playing game, I suppose. Uh, but yeah. it's just so portable and compact. You know, you can you can take it in a little bag, you can take it to a con, you can put your character on a 3 by 5 note card. Your character only has, like, five different components. Wow. So See, it, that's it, what it, I like about it. Yeah, it sounds really it, streamlined. It is. It's really just stripped down to the basics of what makes role-playing role-playing. Yeah. yeah. So it's really simple that you want to run 
like in the middle of a con, you run into a bunch of buddies and say, hey, let's play a game. You could have your characters rolled up and ready to go within moments then. Um, people who have played it once can make a character in under 60 seconds. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. And we, well, we've no- timed the playtester, so I'm not just like blowing smoke. Like We actually had a stopwatch or like, go, do this at a reasonable pace in under 60 seconds. That's incredible. Well, and I love that for like conventions, like you mentioned. I mean, that would be sweet. I mean, that's the big deterrent for me. It's like, people are like, hey, we should play D&D at Gaming Con. And I'm like, I don't, is there, no, there's no time. Like, but this, like, it sounds like, man, you can just start playing at the drop of a hat. And that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's super fantastic that way. So uh, there's, now because at Tiny Frontiers, there's different settings that can be played. Yeah. So part of what makes convention games and, you know, really just, hey, my friends are over, we want to play an RPG-style games hard, is GM prep, right? Yeah. You have to have a yeah. guy who can improvise and go on the spot. So what we've done is inside the book there are what we call micro-settings, which are little six-page um, settings, like high-level overviews of, hey, here's a cool little setting with a twist, usually around one location or planet. Some of them are empire-spanning, big scoping things. But they, they kind of give you a bunch of little adventure hooks to get right into mm-hmm. with minimal effort. So the GM can go, you know, this one's basically Space He-Man, and that sounds really cool, so we're doing this one. Hmm. Nice. And you, you've got Steve Diamond that's contributed, Robert Denton, um, yep. got several other uh, individuals. And all the way up to, I think, your... High value stretch goal, which is at twelve thousand. We have Dan Wells that has written a, a setting as well, correct? Well, will write if we had twelve thousand. Will, yes, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, yes, uh, he will contribute a setting. Cool. Now, what was it like asking all these other individuals to contribute? Was it fairly easy, or was it kind of difficult to get them um, to buy in? You know, it wasn't hard at all. Okay. No, it was fairly simple. I mean, obviously, Steve and I are very good friends, so Steve was super easy. I sent him an email. He's like, yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> um, but a lot of these guys, you know, I've talked to them. I've worked with them on other projects or, you know, interact with them from a game designer and developer level. So there was, you know, it was really just shooting emails. And some of them were like, hey, this is a really cool idea. You know, it would be great. You should talk to so-and-so. And we'd go talk to that person. You know, it was just kind of this chain of people who've worked inside RPGs. And because it's so small, I mean, six pages takes, you know, how how long to write for some of these people. Yeah. I think Steve knocked out yeah. three, in, three in an hour. Oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so, you know, some of the, uh, it's a really easy thing, and we're paying really well. So people are like, yeah, great. Nice. So now the micro settings, it looks like you, like, you unlock them for each for each uh, stretch goal, right? That's correct. So the book comes with three that we've already said are going to be in the book. Okay. And then every thousand up to ten, we unlock one. At ten thousand, we unlock three. Sorry, four. We unlock four. And then twelve thousand, we unlock uh, our next one, which is Dan Wells, right? Yeah. Right. And we have a couple right, right, that right. are backer based, additionally. Okay. Cool. Very cool. And you also have some that are tied to, to social media with Facebook and Twitter, correct? Uh, so those were uh, – we have one, yeah. Oh, we one. have one. Okay. 
Yep, the rest of those were add-ons and such. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of fun, pulling it in other directions, so. Yeah. Um, oh, this is just a really fun uh, setting, uh, especially with the micro settings. Um, now, just so people can kind of get an idea of who you are and where you're coming from, you just, uh, for, it was last year, I believe, with uh, the work with Howard Taylor on the Schlock Mercenary game system. Correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm the lead slash only designer, I suppose, because I was the only one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who I wrote all the rules for the Planet Mercenary role-playing game, yeah. which is the 14th hun- highest funded tabletop RPG in Kickstarter history. Nice. Oh, wow. So we're, so, we're up there. So for everyone listening, Alan knows his stuff. So. Well, that's what we can assume. Or Howard has an excellent fan base, <laughs> and I was able to write his coattails <laughs> to success. Uh, either way. Which well, is which I'm okay with. I, I have no shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But So, I mean... We this is already funded, so it is going to happen. I mean, is there yes. any uh, ideas of expanding on this in the future, or we're just wanting to get this out first and then well, see where so it goes? So the goal of this Kickstarter is to put this product out and in there, right? Just mm-hmm. one and done. Um, but ideally, if we overfund, the extra money will go into future projects, both unrelated to and related to Tiny Frontiers. Okay. Right? I mean, any of the extra we make, we can turn around and start making more games. Yeah. And that's really kind of the goal, is the hope is to overfund by a lot, so I can roll all that extra money into, all right, next game, what is it? Nice. Hmm. So. Now, and you've, you've got some other really cool pledges here, so I mean, it's not very hard to jump in on this game. So uh, $10 gets you the PDF yep. uh, of the game system. 20 bucks gets you an actual nice soft copy of it, correct? Yep. And the dice? Yep, three dice and a soft cover plus the PDF. Yeah, and then if you go up to 50, you kind of get the faux black leather hardcover version. Well, we're actually all out of those. Oh. All of the deluxe editions are gone. Oh, Look no. Look at that. Yeah. All those are gone. Uh, now that I'm looking at it, yeah. So, that, that was kind of a cool little uh, option there. And it, yeah. and I noticed there was, you had one set, and then you like put those back on like two or three times, if I... Yeah, we uh, we did the math. They were like, "Well, we can do twenty and you know not not take a dive financially, right?" Yeah, so, because you know twenty was the minimum we had to order for these. Okay, and if only one person backs it, I got to eat the cost for nineteen. Gotcha. And we don't. Yeah. And so that was kind of that point where we're like, "Well, if I have to eat the cost for nineteen, it's doable, but not awesome." Yeah. And so we put them up there, and we're like, "Well, we'll just do twenty. We don't. These aren't going to go anywhere, right?" And I think in like an hour, they were all gone. <laughs> and so we're like. So it was like a two-day scramble to like rebudget and be like, how can we get more? Can our seamstress make more of the handmade bags that they go in? So they come with a bag that holds the book and the dice and everything. Nice, nice. And it's the bag, the bags are all handmade. Yeah, and, and uh, I yeah. did see that. And the dice are all custom, right? Yep, every dice has a six replaced with that uh, planet with the ring symbol. Yep, the tiny frontiers logo. Cool, oh, that's sweet. And the dice are from Chessex, right? So yes, Chessex. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Chessex's dice, so that's what I got. So they're definitely not uh, cheap dice. They're they're good they're, quality. They're they're the kind you buy at a game store. Yes. Wow. So, um, out of the settings that have been unlocked so far, is there any of them that you, you kind of looked over and that was submitted to you and said, "Wow, this is a lot better than I, I was expecting." 
Well, so everybody I'm working with, I expected high quality, right? Yeah. I didn't buy anybody who I didn't think would deliver high quality. So I wouldn't say I was surprised by the quality I got. If anything, they met my expectations and exceeded it. Okay. But, hmm. you know, like, I definitely didn't go, yeah, this person can't really write, but hey, you should you should write something for me. Yeah. That way it leads to bad product, and that's not what I want to do. But there are some where people submitted their, uh, their micro settings, and I went, oh, that's a really super cool idea. You know, where I was like, wow. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Like, uh, Laura Montgomery Hurl, she's our, uh, fourth 400 backer unlock. We don't have her yet, but her, uh, her micro setting is people who live in giant s- shells of giant space crabs that are dead. Oh, wow. So oh, there's cool. These, uh, there's these giant, like, crab shells floating in space, and people have built colonies that go inside the spirals. Because oh, that's these awesome. massive planet sized carapaces. <laughs> That, that, uh, wow, that actually sounds fun to try to play in. Right? I, don't, I, I saw that one and I was like, oh, that's really creative. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. I don't want to run into one of the big crabs, though, in, like, person. <laughs> yeah, if you read the blurb, the very last line is, what if the people who lived here came home? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, there's an adventure hook nobody wants yeah. to experience. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be worse than the, the terror skew in, uh, in D&D, so... Yeah. So I mean that's kind of, that kind of that's kind of interesting because so that crab shell has to be large enough to create a gravity field and I mean how do they breathe and all stuff like that so I'm guessing that's all included in the mini, the micro setting. Um, you know, some of it will be, but we're really focused on fun narrative hooks for the GM to use, right? Oh, okay. The science, the science is it's sci-fi, right? Science is science, whatever. You can there's a thousand ways to make justifications for things because we don't know the level of science in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of the settings are very hard sci-fi. Uh, Marlowe Station by Ben Warner uh, is a very hard sci-fi setting. It's kind of a detective noir. Uh, if you ever watch the show The Expanse on TV, yeah, it's it's basically that on oh. a, a with some with some cool plot twists and changes. Nice. Um, hmm. But some of them, like uh, the one we just unlocked, uh, Guardians of oh what what is it called? I'm gonna Guardians of Forever. That's right. That's basically He Man. Not super high science, you know, accuracy in the in the He-Man setting, unfortunately. No, but lots so, of fun and right. Those so people yeah. that like He-Man, right? I, I love He-Man, so great. I was really hoping we'd get that one. So but, uh, it, yeah, so they're very. They all kind of seem to vary on the hard yeah. sci-fi, soft sci-fi. How much we go into that? So it's more of just it's about the storytelling. It's not really. It's not about the nuts and bolts of oh, I rolled this. I got to add this and that, and uh, oh, what was that rule? And have to flip through the pages. Then type of game setting. Correct. No, this is definitely a game where if you have to break out the book in the middle of play, you're probably doing it wrong. Okay. Okay. We Interesting. Can run we can run a uh, new GMs can run entire sessions without having to look at the rules. There's only there's only three mechanics in the game, so there there's regular roles, there's disadvantage roles, and advantage roles. Hmm. That that's it. There's no if something gives you advantage, you know. If it gives you disadvantage, you know, and that's it. Wow, hmm. that that is simple. Like yeah. I said, really down to the core. That's awesome. Yeah. Very nice. Okay, so there, like I said, only less than two weeks to go. Um, Gallant Night Games. Um, I mean, is there any other thing that you want to really push uh, about the game to the listeners in that? 
You know, um, the entry price, 20 bucks for the dice, the game, and the PDF is a great point. If you want something you can bust out and play and drop of a hat, this is you're not going to get a better sci-fi game than this for that. Nice. Nice. Now, I'm curious, I mean, do you, besides the the uh, Guardians of Forever, do you have a favorite micro-setting? Oof. I, I love them all equally, like my, like oh. I would my children. <laughs> That's nice. All right. Um, no, there's, I mean, there's a lot of really, it's really hard to pick. Yeah. Yeah. uh, One of them, we, the last one, we haven't even previewed the author, but I will say it is super cool. Nice. Like the author's name's not even in the page yet, so nobody knows this person's coming and it's super exciting. Wow. Super secret, exclusive. All right. So, so, I mean, how does it feel to, you know, this is, this is your second Kickstarter under your belt and it's our, it's funded. I mean, that's gotta be pretty cool. It's more, uh, it's cool, but it's definitely stress relieving. Yeah. Right? Like, up till you fund, there's this level of, oh my gosh, did I waste all my money? Have I wasted all my time? Why are people unbacking every time they unback? It sends me an email, so now I get to be insecure every time an email comes in. Why am I not getting enough emails about people backing? There, there's this, like, mental, just flurry of everything, right? And yeah. And once yeah. it crosses that funding, you're just like, oh, okay, I, I can stop getting F5 can replace that key on my keyboard and I can move on. <laughs> so, I mean, you kind of brought up a good point. Is it, re- you know, how does that feel when, you know, you see the, the numbers going up and then you get that email where someone's pulled out? I mean, that's got to be kind of, like, crushing. Um, You know, the first time it was, and there was this impulsion, like, oh, I should message them and ask what I did wrong. Luckily, I restrained. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody wants to deal with that, right? But, yeah. uh... No, after the after like the second or third, you're just like, you know what? Sometimes people's financial situation changes. Maybe I previewed something. They're like, oh, this isn't the game I want because of this mechanic isn't what I thought it was. Okay. You know, so it's not. Yeah, definitely. There's a there's a lot of reasons for somebody to unback and walk away. Yeah. And if they do, well, then they have to, right? That's their call. Yep. So. Now. Once this is funded, is there hopes of pushing this out to game stores and maybe getting it on Amazon, or is that still kind of up in the air right now? Well, um, we will definitely have extra copies, and so we will decide how to distribute those. Um, It might be through uh, a Gallant Night Games website, which we're setting up right now. It might be through... Oh, setting up right now. I need to email my website guy. (laughs) (laughs) I reminded myself. Look at me. Um... You know, it might be through a drive-through RPG for the PDF and a print-on-demand. There's just a lot of variables. Yeah, there's a lot of great options now. Yes, to get uh, to get RPG stuff. I mean, drive-through RPG is a great option, especially with the print-on-demand stuff. Um, in some cases, you can get it fairly fairly cheap with shipping if you're near a location or not. Um, so that that makes it really easy and nice. Um, I know. Oh, what is uh, Savage Thunder did that with their books, where there was a print-on-demand, and that made it yep. really easy for them. So, yep. I mean, there is a you know there is a little bit of loss of I don't want to say quality, right? But there's a there's a definite difference. So I have a lot of uh, print-on-demand books that I buy from Drive Through RPG, and I love them. They're super convenient. If they break, I can replace them. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing you know that's bad about it. But uh, there is there is definitely. Um, a difference in the texture of the book, the binding, you know. Mm-hmm. So traditional traditional printing, 
has, still has its place, I think, if you can get quantities and qualities that are worthwhile. Hmm. Very nice. All right. Well, uh, Aaron, do you have one final question, and then we can uh, let Alan go? Hmm. You know, I think my my only question, guy, I think you've covered a lot of it. Um. I mean, when did what I I think my biggest question for me is is you know we've talked a little bit about you know starting the funding and starting the the Kickstarter. I mean, when did this first come in into your head as an idea? How did what did that look like? You Oof. know, for any prospective RPG writers out in the world. Um. So I got a copy of Tiny Dungeon from their Kickstarter back in 2014. I officially licensed the property in December 2014. So okay, a year and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'd already been working on Planet Mercenary at that point, so it was uh, maybe we can get this out in time. Oh nope, we can't. And uh, you know, let's just wait till Planet Mercenary is done. So. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Uh, it, yeah, I mean Planet Mercenary, we started we started dev for that in two thousand and. And uh, we kickstarted it last year, 2014. So it was three years in development before we even kickstarted it, and it will come out this year. So that was a four-year cycle. Okay, interesting. That's pretty crazy. Um, it, you know, but it's different, right? Like, so I, I'm creating uh, for Planet Mercenary, creating a rule set from the ground up. Yeah, and that means yeah. we have to test every possible variation, every component. Whereas with Tiny Frontiers, um, you know, we 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 licensed a rule set, and then we just had to make modifications and play test that, and that's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it makes sense. It sounds maybe a little less labor intensive. Uh, yes, it can be. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. No, yeah. it, it definitely is a lot less stress when you're doing that because, I mean, like you said, you don't have to build it from the ground up. You have at least a basic framework to, to go off of. So, Well, yeah. you know, I think you're right. Um, th- there's definitely less stress, but I would say that there's a different level of stress, right? Because I have to deal with licensing fees that impacts my budget. I have to yeah. deal with uh, inside yeah. a framework that I can only change so much before fans of the previous property start to lose interest, right? So yeah. there's different constraints that require you to design and build differently. Sure. Right? That makes so with, sense. With my own game, I can, for Planet Mercenary, I can write whatever rule I want. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to stop me? It's the first yeah. time it's been written. <laughs> but with this, yeah. I have to make sure I don't violate the core of what was Tiny Dungeon into Tiny Frontiers. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well, this is exciting. So for those of you that are interested, after he- hearing a little bit about this, or even... I, I hope you're still interested. Yes. No, I... I oh, they should be. They should Sounds be. awesome. Uh, I, I mean, I've already backed this. It's definitely worth your time. Uh, if you want to take a look at it, just go... You can go to Kickstarter, do a search for uh, Tiny Frontiers. It'll pull up. And as you can see, it's already fulfilled... And this is, you don't have to worry. I mean, you can pledge and know that you're going to get your game. It's not one of those Kickstarters. It's like, oh, maybe it'll it'll fund. But this is definitely has has funded. Um, there's only a few, uh, like I said, under two weeks left to go. And then you're going to be able to 
be a part of this. Now, when are you pushing this out? When will people actually see the, the content after funding? You no, know, um, the rules are 100% written. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is we fund, we get the money, I pay all the writers, they provide their stuff. The rules will have already been in layout. We put the micro settings through editing. So we should have a preliminary rules beta PDF. I say beta like we haven't put the rules through beta, yeah. um, but an actual yeah. rules PDF out within a month of funding. Oh, wow. And hmm. and the micro settings will go in. We'll lay that out. We'll send it to print. And when we send it to print, we'll put the PDF out for everybody who backed it for it. Cool. I would anticipate you should have the PDF in two months. But again, there's always, you know, art takes longer or a writer gets sick and you have to wait. Yeah. You know, sure. there, there's always variations. And then the hard copies will roughly arrive in December. Is that what you're That's, thinking? Or? That is the plan. Um, we, I haven't fulfilled one on my own before. It's my own company, right? Yeah. With Planet Mercenary, I was a contractor who worked with Howard and his company. Yeah. So I was very involved, and Howard's been great at keeping me in the loop. And I've seen the whole back end, you know, and I've worked with other companies on other Kickstarters and back end stuff. But the first time you do it on your own, right, there's always a variation or variables you don't expect. So we built in a big cushion in case we're just not re- something comes up that we're not ready for and we didn't anticipate. Nice. But yeah. done lots of research. I've been looking at this for since 2014. So, so yeah. if nothing else, the, you know, you'll at least the have the rules in PDF form within a month or two, and you can start playing now. The book, then. yep. The book will be, the book will be out. There's no way we won't get it out. It's just a matter of a uh, unexpected slowing us down. But I'm fair, I'm 90 percent, 95 percent confident we'll hit December easily. Nice. Probably nice. with room spare. So for those of you that are looking for Christmas gifts for your fellow geek, there you go. This is a good one. A new game that's not out on the market that you can give to them, and they can start playing it within six. Have a character within sixty seconds of opening the present. There you go. Mm-hmm. And it's on to the next project, right? And yeah. Do something else. Cool. All right. So again, uh, go to Kickstarter, look up uh, Tiny Frontiers, and uh, make your pledge today and back this project. And let's see if we can get up to the twelve thousand mark to. Uh, Get Dan Wells, uh, his micro setting, and maybe we'll see uh, whoever this mystery individual is, which would well, be I hope so. amazing I to see that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks for uh, taking time out of your day to talk to us. Thanks, folks. I appreciate it. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. No problem. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. See ya. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Alan Barr of Gallon Night Games. Uh, seriously, this sounds like an awesome, super fun game. I've funded it, and this, like you said, Alan said, you can have a character in 60 seconds and be ready to go. I mean, how amazing is that? Uh, most game systems out there, it takes a little bit of time to create your characters, but 60 seconds is amazing. You have everything you need. You've got your dice, your rule book, and everything. And really, it sounds like a super fun game with all these different uh, micro settings. So check it out. Go fund it. I've already have, and... Uh, you're going to have this game in your hands, ready to go within the next month or two after it funds, which is super awesome. And then you'll have the, you know, the book in hand by, by December. So for those of you looking for a really unique, rare Christmas gift, here you go. Or if you're just looking for another exciting RPG to do, here you go. So anyways, with that said, we're out of here. We'll catch you on Friday. 
And again, may the 4th be with you. Hey, Dungeon Crawlers, it's Daniel here, and I have an amazing opportunity for you. We've recently teamed up with BattleBards, and because of that, you can now level up your games. That's right, if you are into role-playing, uh, whether at D&D, uh, Pathfinder, or any type of fantasy setting, this is a great opportunity. Now, BattleBards, what they do is they provide sound effects and soundtracks that you can customize for your game. That's right, you can customize it for your game. So if you're running down a, a creepy dark hallway in the Underdark and then you wander into a conclave of drow, uh, you know, that are torturing and killing people, every delicious moment is right there for you. So all you need to do is go to BattleBards.com, click in one of these three codes, either DCR1 or DCR2 or DCR3, and get some really cool bonus content for your purchases. So check it out, throw in those codes, and then level up your game. Until next time, we'll see ya. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things.